have one announcement to make, Tammy. It's our first ladies' night that we've had ever, so I'm really excited about this. That means and I won't be here. That means he won't be here. Um, so November 12th at 6.30, there'll be food. Um, we're going to make Christmas cards. And <laughs> yes, food, Laura. And, um, <laughs> and just hanging out, having, having fun. So, yeah, it'll be a fun night. So um, let me know if you're going to be there or not so I can make sure I have enough cards and stuff for everyone to make. Damn, that's who's missing. It's food. on a Friday night. So, yes, Friday the 12th. Yeah, that'll I'm take sure the place of our prayer night. Yeah, that yeah, it'll take place. So, yeah, yes. and we'll make sure we repeat that for Pam. She's probably going to trickle in here, and she, she is the card lady. She <laughs> like true. that's her thing, yeah, isn't no. she? Yes. yes. You still have that card? <laughs> that was fun. That's like an anointed card. It is. So that's going to come up. So you guys got a good, you know, a little more than a month, yeah. well, a month and a day, something like that. Then Friday nights, we have prayer. So this is going to be that one. That will be the one Friday night where we won't do uh, intercession and prayer. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'll be in another room somewhere praying while they're doing their thing. You could. You could be back in the little room. Clucking around like a group of hens. And That sounded rude, didn't it? It did. <laughs> Isn't that what ladies do? Ed, help me out, man. Throw me a life He's one. smart. He's smart. <laughs> All right. So we, we welcome anyone to come join us on a Friday night, 7 o'clock. We worship for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then we just go into prayer. And it's always fun. And then we end up fellowshipping until 10 o'clock sometimes. just depends. Not everyone has to stay that late, but, you know. Yeah. Until I start turning the lights out, that's usually the cue. And everyone's like, I think it's probably time to go. Exactly. Scott's getting hangry over there. <laughs> so, anyway, that's that. Well, I'm looking forward to just worshiping with y'all. We're going to dive into Hebrews <coughs> chapter 7 tonight, and it's just a, another powerful chapter in the book of Hebrews. We get to look a little bit deeper into uh, Jesus being the priest, he's our great high priest. And the Bible tells us that he is a priest in an order. And, the, and it's called the order of this mysterious Old Testament figure named Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Can you guys say that? Melchizedek? Melchizedek. Interesting character. He's only mentioned two times in the Old Testament. Once when Abraham was uh, returning from the battle of the kings where the kings are all fighting and doing their warfare, and then he shows up. He's this mysterious figure. We'll talk about what his name means and where he comes from. Um, but he shows up with wine and bread. Interesting. I'll give you a little hint. Many people think that Melchizedek in the Old Testament is a theophany. That means that is a, an appearance of Jesus before he became a human baby in Bethlehem and lived on earth as a man. Many people think Melchizedek was a theophany, an appearance of the Son of God on the earth. But we don't know for sure. But, but the, the reality is, um, when we look at Hebrews 7 tonight, we will learn about Jesus, and, and we'll learn about what it means for him to be a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And I just felt tonight, um, even being here earlier today, just worshiping and, and preparing the slides for the scriptures that we're going to cover 
um, I just felt his presence in, in such a, I mean, I, it's easy for me to feel his presence when I come here by myself. I don't know, when you guys all show up, it's kind of, no, I'm, I'm joking. It doesn't lift. It actually gets even stronger. Like even right now, I'm just sensing the Holy Spirit's presence here. But I felt like tonight as we worship, that Jesus just wants to manifest his presence to us in a way where you can see him as your great high priest. You know, some of us don't really understand the whole priest thing, but a priest to some, if you're from the Catholic faith, the priest is, is the man of God. That's, that's the mediator between heaven and, and earth, the, the mediator between God and man. And Jesus is our mediator. He is the one who stands in the gap between God the Father and us. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus said, no man can come to me unless the Father draws them. And you cannot go to the Father unless you go to the Father through Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the way. He's the, he is the gate. He is the door. He is the way to the Father. And that's why we worship him, because he is God. He is the Son of God. And he is our priest. He's our mediator. So if you think of him in the sense, he, he's many things. He's our king. He's our savior. He's our Lord. He's our master. But he's also our brother, the Bible tells us. We read that in Hebrews 2. But he's our priest. He's the one who, who can make us clean. You know, in the Old Testament, the priest would be the one to apply the sacrificial uh, remedies for sicknesses, for forgiveness, for whatever it was that was needed to, to draw people close to God. But that priest was just an earthly priest who had problems of his own. He was imperfect. But Jesus came as our perfect high priest. He came as the mediator between God and man. And so tonight, I believe that he just wants to reveal himself to you, to me, in the place of worship as the one who, who's come to heal you. He's come to heal your heart. Yeah. He's come to heal confusion and, and doubts. He, he's come to, to draw you closer to himself and to, to reveal himself to you in a deeper way. So why don't we stand up? Why don't we stand up? Let's just, and, you know... I always say this, if you, if you don't mind standing up now, you can always sit down after worship starts, but I just like to get everyone together when we begin worship. But let's just pray. Let's just welcome his presence now. Can we do that? Why don't we just put our hands out and let's just say, Jesus, would you come tonight? Would you come? Would you pour out your presence on this yes. gathering, Lord? As we just look to you tonight, as we begin to worship you, Lord, as we begin to, to give you thanksgiving and praise, would you just come by your Holy Spirit and pour your presence out on us tonight? Yes, Father. God, we long to worship you. We long to know you. We long to be caught up into that heavenly place with you, that we would encounter you tonight, Lord, in the place of worship. We thank you, Lord. We just offer our bodies to you. We offer our hearts, our minds. All that we are, God, we just present it before you tonight. Yes, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that it's your blood. It's your blood that has made it possible for us to come before you, to 
draw close to you with no hindrance, no obstacles, nothing in the way, because you've removed the barrier. Your cross has removed the barrier. And now we can come fully and freely to draw close to you, to receive from you. And we just say we love you, Jesus. We love you, our great high priest. Would you just come and, and walk amongst us tonight as we worship you? In Jesus' name. God, we just lift you up tonight. We just bless your holy name. We just give you thanks. We just give you all the glory that belongs to you. We give you all of us from the inside out. We give you everything that we are, everything that we am, Lord, we give it to you. We give you our life, we give you our families, we give you our children, we give you our relationships, we give you our jobs, we give you our future, we give you our past, we give you the things that are about to come into our lives. We give all of it to you. We are completely surrendered to you tonight. We just give you everything, God. We give you everything, God. We leave everything to you. We give you all of our problems. We give you all of our situations. We give you all of our stress, our challenges, pressure. We give you all the people that are giving us a hard time. We give it all to you tonight. And we rest in you tonight. Jesus, we rest in you tonight. Let your peace rest upon us tonight. Let it be settled in our heart, God. Let it be settled in our heart, God, that we can count on you, oh God, because you are faithful. You are a just God and you justify us, God. Because of you, we can rest tonight. Because of you, we can have peace in our lives. Because of you, we don't have to sleep, stress anymore, but we can rest in your peace. We can rest in your glory. Have your way tonight. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way tonight. We surrender everything to you and we invite you to have your way. We invite you to minister to your people. We invite you, Lord, to release your word, your prophetic word straight from your heart to theirs, oh God. We clear our minds tonight. We clear our hearts tonight. We just clear it up, God, so you can speak to us tonight so you can touch us, God, with your love, with your mercy, with your grace, and with a rhema word from your throne. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do. For every person here tonight, you will not leave this place the same that you came in. God is gonna touch your heart tonight. He's gonna touch your mind. Those things that have bothered you for a long time, he's gonna touch it. He's gonna put his hand on it. He's gonna anoint you with his glory, with his presence, all of him all over you tonight. You are not going to be the same tonight. God has something for you something for you something you've been longing for for a long time
possibly your whole life. Tonight is your night to receive from him. You get to leave your burdens with him tonight, but carry all that he has for you, with you. There's going to be a great exchange tonight. You get to leave your burdens with him at his throne, and you get to take his yoke. Because he said his yoke is easy and his burden is light, and he wants to make a great exchange tonight. So we just thank you, God, for what you're about to do. We bless you, we glorify you, we honor you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. of the Lord so so strong tonight I just feel like what Tao was just releasing and praying over us is it's what I was sensing just that he is he is clothing us tonight he's clothing us the king is putting his his robe over us he's clothing us with his presence he's releasing his peace the shalom of heaven Jesus is the prince of peace He's come to just release peace tonight. You know, Paul prayed that may the peace of God, may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your heart and your mind through faith in Christ Jesus. Lord, we need your peace. We need need to walk in peace. We need to be guarded by it in our thinking, and in our heart and our emotions. So we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that you're here and you're doing that tonight. Paul said, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness I just declare this over us tonight. He has delivered you, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, he's transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Jesus. I just declare that over us tonight. Through his blood, your sins are forgiven. Through his blood, your sins are forgiven. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created created 
that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. I feel there's an invitation from the Lord tonight that you would step in to that open door with him. There's an open door to step into with Jesus. And it's actually the door of your heart. It's the door of your life. And he wants you to open that door and step in and, and have fellowship with him. He wants to have deep communion, deep relationship with each one of us, with you. He spoke, this is his words to the church that was in, which church was it? Philadelphia, not the city of Philadelphia in the US, but in the Middle East. He said, here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. In other words, he will have fellowship with you. He wants to sit down and, and commune with you and with me. He wants to have a, an intimate relationship with each one of us. All he's asking you and I to do is just to open up the door of our life and say, Jesus, would you come? Would you be the preeminent one? Would you be the center? Would you have the central place in my life? Be the center of it all. You know, we were singing it tonight. My joy, my God, you're my delight. I found that for myself. I found that in Jesus, he is my joy, he is my delight. He's my God and my joy. I find such deep satisfaction in the Lord. Such completeness, such purpose. And it's not just feelings. It's not just those things. It's him. He is all of that. Jesus is the fulfillment of everything that we need. So I just want to encourage you tonight. If, if that's you, if you're like... One of, one of us that have, you know, we've all been in this place before where we said yes to Jesus, where we said, Jesus, would you come and take the central place? Would you come and, and be seated in the middle of my life? Take the throne of my heart. That's all he's asking you to do is open up. Just open up and just say, Jesus, come. Come and be the center of my life. Come and have that fellowship with me. Be the center of it all. You guys doing okay? Everybody doing all right? Okay. Well, this is something that I, I would like us to do if we could. Just in this, this moment of just being flexible with the presence of God, just letting him do what he wants to do. Um, you know, I, I know that, Patrick, you've come 
a ways to hang out with us tonight, and I know that you wanted to be able to, to say goodbye before moving off to Texas, or the land of the best barbecue on planet Earth. And, uh, you know, as I was saying before we started, uh, Patrick, is he's been a friend of ours before most of our children were born. some deep roots and they're they're rooted in love it's like you know there's always been this just this deep affection <laughs> sorry tammy <laughs> and so what we want to do is i know you're hopefully you're not getting ready to run out the door but what i just thought it would be awesome just to take this time after we're done worshiping just to pray for you can we do that as a church we let the legacy city blessing just fall on you tonight can we do that why don't you do this why don't you just come stand right here oh yeah we're we're gonna bless your whole family do i need that yes. oh boy give me two seconds to chew it up Yeah, definitely. I, I would like. Uh, I'd like to ask our students. Where's all of our students? Half of them are missing tonight. Would like to ask you guys, but one person in particular, I would like to actually a couple people. Um, I would like Ethan to come up here because you know Ethan's early days of being a, a little baby were often held in this guy's arms. <clears throat> he would often take Ethan's little face. His fat little he didn't he had a fat face then now he's he's got a man he's got a manly face but he had that those baby baby fat baby cheeks and Patrick would just take him and hold him close to his whiskers and just rub his whiskers on him and Ethan would just have this look like and then he would he would rock him and he's like just having fun with him and it was so sweet and it was just good memories that we have but I just know that that there's just something of the sense of family that was was happening in those days and it hasn't it has never been broken it's never been broken so i'm going to ask ethan and and those that have come up here and ed you want to come up here too and uh i don't know if you want to come up too sir mikey come on up here kelly I just, what I want to do is, I'm not going to um, have everyone share a word. How do you want to come up to you? I'm only asking people that I know are comfortable with this. So I, I won't ask if you're, I know you're not comfortable. Yeah, just, just come stick a hand on this guy. You can come a little closer, unless you're afraid. <laughs> is the mint working now? Is it okay? Yeah, okay. I didn't know. I mean, I saw you eat one. I thought, oh, maybe she forgot to brush her teeth or something. <laughs> so we just want to bless you, Patrick. We just bless you and your family, your little tribe. Yeah, we bless Gabby and the kids. Lord, we just ask you to just to surround the Hurlbert family. Surround them with your grace and your protection. Surround them with your goodness. Release your angelic protection to be with them even as Patrick's heart is in Texas where they are at right now, God, we just ask you to just to surround them with your goodness, surround them with your glory.
And I just felt like, just to declare over you, Patrick, your name means noble. You are a noble man. You are a man of nobility. You carry kingdom, kingdom treasure inside of you. You are a worshiper and you are a leader in worship. You are a lover of God. You are a passionate son of the king. And you carry the, the regal crown of sonship. You don't just carry it, it's on you. And it's who you are. And so we call that out tonight. We call out that royalty that you carry, the nobility of heaven that you represent. And we just say, God, release fire on it. Release fire from your Holy Spirit, from the throne. Release your fire. And as we're just declaring this now, I just ask everyone around you just to, just to release the presence of God. Just an impartation. We impart Holy Spirit fire to you now. God, we say strengthen, fill Patrick with strength, with courage, courage to face the days ahead, with grace and compassion, with understanding and wisdom, with direction, Lord. You direct his steps. Thank you, Lord. We just bless, Lord. We bless now. We just ask you to release now, God, an impartation from our house, from this house, the things that we carry, and that you would release it to him, and he would magnify the Lord as he goes into this new territory, that you would magnify your name through his life and through his family. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Father, I just pray that through all the details, God, that there would just be peace. God, that you're in every detail. God, we just ask that you just surround Gabby and the, the kids while he's gone. And God, just bless them. Bless them, Father. God, set, set them into a family, God. Into a house of worship, God. Where they can thrive and where the kids will thrive. God, we just thank you. We thank you for this family. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I just feel like this is going to be a season of uncovering. Like you're going to be uncovered. Your family is going to be, not in a, a weird, bad way, but you're, the treasure of what you carry and who you are is going to be uncovered. Yeah. The value, the, the, the purposes of God that you have on your life are going to be uncovered. I just, I see a pedestal. Not that you're a statue of worship, <laughs> but you are a worshiper. Yeah. And I just see him elevating you, yeah. elevating you. So we just speak elevation, yes. Yes. uncovering, yes. revealing that the glory of God that he's placed, the deposit he's placed in you would be revealed and it would be shared and it would be a blessing to the church and be a blessing yes. to the non-believers. Yes. That those who don't even know the Lord would taste the goodness of the Lord yes. that flows from your life. They would taste and see, yes. and they'd be drawn to him through your life and through your ministry. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So do any of the students have a, a picture? Barbara, I know that you get these pictures. Do you got something that you want to share, even if it doesn't make sense? 
So this is what I want to ask you guys to do. We'll just say amen for now. And um, if you guys, if you have something to share with Patrick later on, then we'll just uh, make sure that you you do that. I think Pat would be would be okay with it. All right, man. Awesome. Well, we're we're gonna transition here. I'll chew that mint really quick. Everybody's doing okay. You guys are doing all right. Are you sure? You need to get a cup of coffee or water or quick cook quick cookie really fast. Well, this is church. At least this is church the way we love it. We just wanna you guys know us long enough. You just know Scott and Tammy just wanna worship Jesus. You know, like for me that would be enough. We just Really enjoyed the presence of the Lord and then went home. But but there's a place. There's a place for these gatherings where we minister to one another. We pray for each other. And we're actually going to make more room at the end of our, our time to do that as well. Um, so if, if you have healing needs in your body, you know, we want to pray. We believe that Jesus is our healer yeah. and that yeah. he heals today. So if you have any kind of thing inside of you, whether your heart, you know, your 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 emotions, your your thought life, whether you're just weighed down and heavy in, in that place, God can heal that. He can He can lift off that. You know, you think of Eeyore or um, what's the Peanuts character that walked around with a cloud of dirt? Pigpen. That dark cloud of dirt flying off him. You know, oftentimes people feel like they've got a dark cloud. They just, they blame it on the weather. They say, I live in the Pacific Northwest where it's just depressing all the time because of the clouds. <clears throat> well, you know, when you have the joy of the Lord in your life, that, that just breaks off. And you, you can actually begin to, to appreciate rainy days and know that the sun is shining. It's, clouds may be over us, but the sun is still beaming bright right above the clouds. And it doesn't have to, doesn't have to be the thing that transfers onto your mood and your emotions. You know, yeah, it's good to get vitamin D. It's good to get some artificial sunlight. You know, all of that stuff's important. But what I'm getting to is, if you want prayer for anything, whether it's physical healing, emotional healing, um, mental healing, we've seen God break through things of the of the mind. Yeah. He's He's really that good, and He's that able. He's that capable, and he loves to use his people to do it. He just loves to take our hands and our words and release his kingdom through us. So we'll, we'll make time for that for sure, guys. Um, so keep that in mind. If you've come for that, don't leave without getting prayed for. Yeah. And other than that, um, yeah, we come together to take care of each other and pray for one another. And, you know, it's important for us to center ourselves around the word of God and we've been working through the book of Hebrews we're uh, approaching chapter 7 tonight where we're going to learn about Jesus being our great high priest our, our king priest we've been using the book of uh, not the book but the uh, passion translation for going through the scriptures I would encourage you guys to read through the book of Hebrews or at least the chapter we cover on a Sunday night read it um, in your own Bible, if you use the King James or the New International Version, English Standard, whatever version you have, 
If you go online, just read it in different translations. But there's some really cool things that that many of us have found about the Passion Translation. I guess it's called the Passion Translation because it's more passionate. It's just there's just some emphasis on some of the themes and some of the some of the phrases. And Brian Simmons, who wrote this translation, uh, really went into the Aramaic and the Greek to find the different nuances and things that were highlighted to him as a, as a prophetic man of God. He just saw things that in the original language that weren't necessarily in some of our translations. So, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and venture on in to Hebrews chapter 7. This is going to actually be pretty painless, I promise. I always say that. But I don't, there, there really were no footnotes to go over in this. This is just going to be us looking at the Word of God, the living, breathing, sharper than a double-edged sword Word of God. We're going to not just look at it, but we're going we're gonna to read it out, hear it, allow it to go into who we are. So I would just encourage you, as we, as we read the Word of God, position your heart tonight in a way where you're saying, Jesus, take your Word and apply it to me. Take your Word and let it go into who I am. Let it, let it change the way I think. Let it... Let it open my eyes and understanding to who you are. Because every page of the Bible has is, is got Jesus' fingerprints all over it. Especially in the New Testament, but you can find him in the Old. Jesus is on every page. His fingerprints are there. He's in the Old Testament concealed, but he's in the New Testament revealed. Everything in the Old Testament, you'll find in the New Testament hidden in there. Everything in the New Testament, you'll see it, the Old Testament opened up and amplified. So here we go. We're going to talk about, we're going to start out by recapping with this, this person called Melchizedek. His name is Melchizedek. And I'm not going to try to go into my own description of who he is. We're just going to read the Word of God and let, let the Word of God teach us. Is that cool? You don't want me to teach you anyway, right? You're like, eh, you're not that good. I don't know. I kind of like my own preaching, but that's just my own opinion. Sometimes. Other times I'm like, ugh, that could have been better. So, okay, here we go. You guys ready? Okay. I take that as a yes and amen. So Melchizedek, his name means king of righteousness. He was the king of peace because the name of the city he ruled as king was Salem, which means peace. So we have king of righteousness, king of peace. He was also a priest of the Most High God. Interesting. Now when Abraham was returning from defeating many kings in battle, Melchizedek went out to meet him and blessed him. Then Abraham took a tenth of everything he had, everything he had won in battle, and he gave it to Melchizedek. This Melchizedek has no father or mother, and no record of any of his ancestors. He was never born, and he never died, but his life is like a picture of the Son of God, a king priest forever. Now, I like the Passion Translation because what he's doing in this by saying he was never born and he never died, versions that you might have read growing up or over the past might have, might have said something like what my Bible says, you know, he was without ancestry, no beginning, no end. And like the Son of God, he lives forever. It's pretty, 
strong uh, parallels of this person, Melchizedek, to Jesus, who is God in the flesh, who is Emmanuel, God with us. And that is the reason why many people think that Melchizedek in the Old Testament is a theophany. He is this, this appearing of, of the Son of God on the earth before he actually became the man, Jesus Christ, who came to die on the cross for us. So that's what a theophany is. I think it's a cool word. I like to say it. Theophany. No, no, say it. Theophany. Theophany. There you go. You learned a new word tonight, maybe. Maybe. So I like the Passion Translation because he's bringing up a stronger parallel to who Melchizedek is and who Jesus is. A king priest. So those are the important functions of Melchizedek. He was a priest of God Most High. We're going to read more about that here. And yes, the Passion Translation broke it into A, B, C, D, and E, and F, I think. Let me show you, my, let me show you proof of how great this Melchizedek is. A, even though Abraham was the most honored and favored patriarch of all God's chosen ones, he gave a tithe of the spoils of battle to, to Melchizedek. He tithed to him. It would be understandable if Melchizedek had been a Jewish priest... For later on, God's people were required by law to support their priests financially because the priests were their relatives and Abraham's descendants. But Melchizedek was not Abraham's Jewish relative, and yet Abraham still paid a tithe to him. Interesting. B. Melchizedek imparted a blessing on mighty Abraham. Abraham is the father of the Hebrew faith. He's the father of the Jewish nation. But Melchizedek blessed Abraham, who had received the promises of God. And no one could deny the fact that the one who has the power to impart a blessing is superior to the one who receives it. C. Although the Jewish priests received tithes, they all died. They were mortal. But Melchizedek lives on. Interesting. D. It could even be said that Levi, the ancestor of every Jewish priest who received tithes, actually paid tithes to Melchizedek through Abraham. For although Levi was yet unborn, the seed from which Levi came was present in Abraham when he paid his tithe to Melchizedek. Do you guys understand what that's saying? Israel consisted of 12 consists of 12 tribes 12 sons who became tribes the son of of, of uh, Israel or yeah Jacob or Israel one of his sons Levi became the tribe of Levi and it is that tribe that all priestly ministry would come out of that tribe was set apart to serve as ministers in the temple of God they were the ones who, got the, who received the tithe. They weren't the ones that tithe. They received it. They lived in, off of the, the giving of the food and the parts of their crops that the, the other 11 tribes gave them. So Abraham is the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob became, his name was changed by God to Israel. And he became the nation of Israel with 12 sons. So all of those sons came out of that one man, Abraham. All of those 
grandchildren and great, great, great grandchildren. Is it, you guys tracking with me? I don't want to go too long into this, but I just want you, want you to catch the picture. All of those descendants were seeds inside of Abraham. When we say seed, we're talking about, what are we talking about? Am I too embarrassed to say the word sperm in front of everyone in this room? It's where you came from. In fact, congratulations, you won the tadpole race. <laughs> you were the one little tadpole that made it to the egg when all of those, I don't know, millions or billions, millions of tadpoles try to get in. And that is who you are. And who you are was inside of your father, and your father was inside of his father, and his father was inside of his father. And you can take this all the way back to Adam. That is why when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden by disobeying God, we all inherited that fallen nature. We all inherited it because we were with Adam when he sinned against God in the beginning. It's bizarre to think about it, but that is what a seed is. A seed has its beginning in a source. Jesus has become for us the second Adam. And your life and my life can now be taken out of the original Adam who sinned by disobeying God and, and obeying the devil in the garden. You and I can be taken out of the old Adam. And when you become a Christian, you are grafted into the new Adam. You become a part of a new creation, a new person. The old is gone and the new has come. So that's just a side note. And we'll go back to this here. So this is, this is awesome stuff. So Abraham, when he tithed a tenth of the spoils of war to Melchizedek, it was as if the priests of Israel, the Levitical priesthood, was inside of him giving that offering at the same time. And Melchizedek blessed him. And blessings are always the greater person blesses the not so greater. Does that make sense? I don't know what word I'm trying to find. Lesser. Yes, the greater blesses the lesser. Not that they're lesser in value. It's just, anyway, okay, we won't go any further into that. E, letter E. No, not E as in Ethan, but E. That's what his nickname is at the house. Hey, E, do me a favor. Take out the recycle. So, E, if any of the Levitical priests who served under the law had the power to bring us into perfection, then why did God send Christ as a priest after the likeness of Melchizedek? Hmm. Why not? Why not the Levitical priests? He, he should have said, after the likeness of Aaron. So Aaron was from the tribe of Levi. Letter F. And furthermore, for God to send a new and different rank of priest in Jesus meant a new law would have, to, would have had to be instituted to even allow it. So according to the Torah, according to the law, it was required that the priests would come from the Levitical priesthood, or the tribe of Levi. So the author of Hebrews is pointing out that Jesus, he is a priest, but not from Levi. He's a priest like Melchizedek. And if there's, that means that if there's a new and different rank of priest in Jesus, priesthood in Jesus Christ, that means there's a new law that had to be given and instituted, or what we would call a new covenant, a new agreement, a new promise. So here we go. Verse 13. Yet the, yet the one capital O, because we're referring to Jesus. Yet the one these things all point to 
was from a different tribe, and no one from that tribe ever officiated at God's altar. For we all know that our Lord didn't descend from the tribe of Levi, but shined from the tribe of Judah. And Moses himself never said anything of a priest in connection with Judah's tribe. So there you go. You get your little historical lesson here. This helps me too. It's not stuff that's always fresh in my mind, unless I read Hebrews, of course. Verse 15. All of this is made even clearer. If there was another king priest raised up with the rank of Melchizedek, this king priest did not arise because of a genealogical right under the law to be a priest, but by the power of an indestructible resurrection life. Hmm. So see, this is where it's so important for you and I to make it a part of our beliefs, our decree that Jesus died and he rose again. He rose from the dead. He is the firstborn from among the dead, never to die again. Jesus was a real man. He became, God became a real human being, walked this actual dirt planet that we are on right now. And he lived a life and he died on a cross for you and me and was buried in a tomb. And after three days, he came back to life. The life of God was breathed back into his body and he was resurrected. And he never has died again. He is the firstborn from among the dead. And he ascended into heaven and he sits right now at the right hand of God the Father. And he has invited you and I to come into this relationship with him where you and I belong to him. We are one with him. Our lives are hidden in Christ. And we are actually seated with him right now in the heavenly places right next to the Father. So if you want to hear Jesus, you want to feel his presence, just lean over to him. Just lean into him. I know you have to use your imagination a little bit, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes his presence, I know there's a guy next to you that's definitely not Jesus, right? <laughs> but Jesus lives inside of him. Jesus lives in him. So there's a, there's a bit of Jesus in every one of us because we have that, that indestructible seed that has come to live, that has birthed a new birth inside of you and me. It's the seed of God has come into our spirit and has caused you and me to be born again, born into a new creation, a new life in Christ. Resurrection life. Okay, let's move on here. And we're actually doing good with time too. And I only think I have just, well, maybe two more slides. For it says in Psalms, this is the only other place, it's in Genesis that we read about, read about Melchizedek and then in Psalms. You are, a, you are like Melchizedek, a king priest forever. The old order of priesthood has been set aside. <clears throat> Just keep that in your mind. There are many today who would like to restore the actual Jewish priesthood. Okay, The, the nation of Israel from what I've understood, have been ready to take over the Temple Mount and put the temple back together. In fact, I've heard they have the parts all ready to just come together in one day and put the whole thing, the structure back together and resume sacrifice. But Jesus fulfilled that sacrificial system. There is now no need for the Jewish temple to be put back together and the sacrificing of animals taking place again. Jesus fulfilled all of that. So the old order of priesthood 
has been set aside as weak and powerless. For the law, or the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, it's called the Torah. We call it the law. It's the easier way to say it, the law. For the law has never made anyone perfect. Did you know that the law can't make you perfect? Did you know you can't obey the Ten Commandments good enough to make it into heaven? All have sinned. And when we break one of those commandments, we've broken them all. We, come, we become a lawbreaker. So you can't try to earn your way into God's favor, into his kingdom, into eternal life with him. It's just nothing that you and I could ever do. The Bible says that, you know, speaking of, from God's voice, his perspective, he's saying, no one, no one could work out salvation, so I had to reach my arm down from heaven to save. He sent Jesus, his, his own son, to be the rescuer, to be the redeemer, because we can't save ourselves. We can't do anything good enough to earn God's favor. So the law has never made anyone perfect, but in its place is a far better hope, which gives us confidence to experience intimacy with God. And he confirmed it to us with his solemn vow. For the former priests took their office without an oath, speaking of the Levites, but with Jesus, God affirmed his royal priesthood with his promise, saying, the Lord has made a solemn oath and will never change his mind. You are a king priest forever. We're almost done, guys. So all of this magnifies the truth that we have a superior covenant with God that what they ex than what they experienced. For Jesus himself is its guarantor. As additional proof, we know there were many priests under the old system, for they eventually died and their office had to be filled by another. But Jesus permanently holds his priestly office since he lives forever and will never have a successor. We don't need a Levitical priesthood anymore to go before God on our behalf. We have Jesus, our great high, high priest, who is our priest forever. And he stands before the Father on our behalf, representing us as the sons and daughters of God. He stands before the presence of the Father in our place, representing us. He's our, he is our everything. We just need to hide our lives in him. We need to tuck ourselves inside of Christ. Find our lives hidden deep in Jesus. Did I read that whole thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's our great priest forever. <laughs> okay, verse 25. One more slide after this. So he is able, Jesus, our, our great king priest, he is able to save fully. You don't have to question, am I, am I really saved? fully saved and just part of me he is able to save you completely he is able to rescue you and secure you to himself forever he is able to save fully from now throughout eternity everyone who comes to God through him because he lives to pray continually for them you ever think I need someone to pray for me I need to call someone call the pastor he'll pray for me if he picks up his phone. None of you have ever tried to call me at 3 o'clock in the morning, but 
I apologize in advance if you try. Uh, I put my phone on silence. Because you just never know when a solicitor is going to call you and wake you up at 3 a.m., so I just turn the thing off. I figure, if, you know, you've got this great high priest who's uh, ready to, he's praying for you actually right now. So take comfort in that. He prays continually for us. That's awesome. That's good news. You should be, you should be like lit up right now. Like, Jesus is praying for me? Yes. He's your great high priest, your king priest, and he is he is praying for you. He's standing in heaven right now, interceding for you, standing in the gap, just cheering us on and just declaring the purposes of God over your life and my life. That's good news. That gets me a little stoked. Verse 26, he is the high priest who perfectly fits our need. He's perfect. Not like the pastor up here. Don't, don't think that you can come to me to get you to God because I'm just like you. I've got just as many warts and zits and stuff as you got. Well, maybe maybe I got more. I don't know. Maybe you got more. I don't know. That's not what we're here for. We're not here to look at each other's dirt. He is perfect. He's holy. Jesus is holy. He's without a trace of evil. There is no darkness in him. Nothing in him that is evil. He is pure holiness. Without the ability to deceive. He cannot deceive somebody. He is incapable of sin. And he is exalted above the heavens. That's pretty awesome. So this, this king priest who is standing in heaven praying for you right now. He is perfect. He is holy. He is indestructible. He is not able to, to be swayed over to darkness. I'm going to keep going because if I pause, I don't know if you, I had that look like you wanted to say something. I'm, I'm just for the sake of getting through this. We're on a good roll here. Oh, is that what that means? Okay. Thank, you got to tell me these things. I don't know the code. I don't know the secret code. Okay. I didn't want you to think I was being rude, being like, <laughs> okay. Did I just skip the one that we're supposed to read? No. Okay, thank you. I needed some reassurance. <laughs> this is it. Unlike the former high priest, Jesus is not capable, excuse me, he is not compelled. He's capable to do anything except for sin. He is not compelled to offer daily sacrifices. So the priests of the Levitical priesthood, they had to bring a sacrifice first for their own sins, then for the sins of the people. But Jesus finished the sacrificial system once and for all when he offered himself. The law appointed flawed men as high priests, but God's promise, sealed with his oath, which succeeded the law, appoints a perfect son who is complete forever. If you believe all of that, what we just read about Jesus, if you truly believe that, the next time you go into a place of worship, it's going to be a joy for you to speak the praises of God to him, to tell him what you think of him. For me, I don't, I don't get weary in praising him. I, don't, I mean, yeah, sometimes I get physically tired, but there's nothing in my spirit, my heart, that doesn't want to give him praise because I know I've been convinced of his goodness. I've been convinced of his resurrection power. I've been convinced of his ability to heal 
and set free. I've seen miracles take place. I know we sing this song now, that uh, Too Good to Not Believe song. But I'm just going to tell you, I've seen him heal hearts. We've seen him heal hearts. We're going to be done now, but I just got to say, you know, my dad, he had a valve in his heart repaired years ago. And it was probably a couple years later, it started going bad. The doctor told him that valve is going to have to be replaced. And you also have another valve that's starting to go bad. Let's schedule an echocardiogram and let's put you on the treadmill and let's just watch the performance of your heart. Immediately, and my dad had not been feeling good. He was feeling the effect of his heart going south. And that first surgery was pretty big. That was a major, it wasn't open heart. They used the, you know, the, the closed surgery where they put little uh, things inside of holes and did the work that way through a robot. But it was still pretty heavy duty. They stop your heart and have a machine pump your, your vitals for you while they work on your heart. His heart was going bad and he came and asked Tammy, would you guys pray for me? This is what's happening. All we knew to do, the, 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 the fire of God, the passion of knowing and being convinced that Jesus will heal, not can heal, but will heal, if we would just pray and declare what, God, what God's will is, that God's will is to heal, it rose up in us and he came over and we laid hands on him and we commanded his heart to be healed. We commanded those, those arteries and those valves to be restored. We commanded new life to come into his heart. We didn't say, God, please heal his heart, please. Oh, if it's your will. No, we know it's his will and we know he's given us and you authority to command what is in heaven to break into earth and be released, whether it's into a person's broken body or whatever it is that needs healing or deliverance. Does it happen every time that we see a miracle? Unfortunately, no. But what does that mean? That we should just not do it then? No, we should press in and press and press and press to see the breakthrough that Jesus died for on the cross to come in. We did that. We prayed with, with faith that God would heal his heart. We declared his heart to be healed. It was a week later, probably, he got on the treadmill. He did the, the 10 minutes or so that they watched him and observed him, and he, thought, he said to us, I thought they were trying to see if I'd have a heart attack they just kept me going beyond and they were looking at their thing and you know, he thought maybe something was going to go bad like all of a sudden he was going to collapse the machine was over he went home when he finally got a hold of his doctor his doctor apologized for not getting back to him he said you did better on, on that um, stress, test. stress test than most people your age in fact you won't need surgery your heart is fine that is the power of God. I know, I know he can heal a heart. He's called us to heal hearts. So why don't we stand up? Let's stand up, guys. You know, Jesus is that good. He's just that good. Yeah, a little mood music. Why do we do the mood music? I don't know, it just helps just kind of fills in that empty gap of sound. So I want to do this. I feel like this would be an appropriate time. If you're, well, you're here, but since you're here, not if you're here, but since you're here in this room, 
if you have the need for healing and you want to receive prayer, I want you to raise your hand. Just raise your hand. So you're already up in the front. Awesome. You can take a step forward or two. Is anybody else? If you're not, so this is what I, I want to offer this. I know that sometimes, I don't know why, but sometimes we just get a little shy and we don't want to go stand in front of people. While we're praying, we actually just kind of dismiss everyone who's not taking part in the prayer to, to just get coffee or if you got to go, you know, we want to say blessing on your, on your going. But if you don't want to come up here, but you want prayer, it's okay if you want to stay where you're at. So if you need prayer, but you want to stay where you're at, just raise your hand. So this is what, would you be okay with us coming over to you? Awesome. Um, do you want to keep it private what you would like prayer for? Or do you want to tell, do you want to tell us? Okay, so we'll come over there and you can tell us. Okay, so I think, was anybody else wanting prayer too? No, it's not like a thousand people in the room, so it's pretty easy to see a hand go up. So this is what I want to do. If you... If you feel like you've got that deposit in you to, to pray in agreement with us, I want to invite anyone to come and pray. What I would like to do is if maybe we could take you over to this, this wonderful young lady over here. So who would like to, whoever would like to pray with us, would you guys just come over here and let's just get around these two?